This is episode number 71. Stay true to your values with Mali Panpadi. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohi, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to answer a few questions that I've been receiving regarding our upcoming events in New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Diego. These are three events that were initially inspired by stories that were submitted to us through the Stand Up and Speak Up campaign when the organization initially launched. The purpose of each event is to create a space where you feel safe and you are able to share your own story and connect with others in a more meaningful way. In addition to that, you also get a chance to hear stories from four speakers. Each one has been through his or her own fair share of struggles and obstacles in their lives. And they're there to inspire you to live your best version of your life and to connect with others in a more meaningful way. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guests. Have you ever had to compromise your values? She said, when I went to school, I did compromise some of those values and beliefs, some of those traditions. It wasn't going to serve me at the time. I didn't want to get beat up. I didn't want to be ridiculed. In fact, many times, I just wanted to be invisible. But it was hard to be invisible when you stuck out like a sore thumb. If Molly's message speaks to you, what did you do when your values were compromised? Without further ado, please welcome Molly Panpadit. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Outs podcast. Today's guest is named Mali Panpadit. She is a friend of mine and someone that I was connected to through a mutual connection of ours, Brian Kelly. She's a CEO and founder of an organization called Soar Community Network. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring her onto the show to discuss this theme of believing your value and not compromising your values in order to fit in. Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Oleg. Absolutely, thank you so much for joining us. You and I had connected a little while ago through Brian, who's been the mutual connection between the two of us. And so when I came across your story and the different things that you went through as far as escaping a country that was at war, and going through the different set of uh, tragedies and adversity, one of the things that stood out to me the most was during a time like that, how do you stay true to who you are and how do you not compromise your value and your beliefs in order to fit in as you're transitioning to different places? Because, you know, as I mentioned to you before, one of the challenges that I've experienced coming into this country at the age of 12 was that there were moments when I did have to compromise who I was in order to fit in because that's all I was craving was a community, a group of people that I can relate to. 
So the way that I wanted to start off this particular episode is ask you the question of, can you recall a time in your life where you've had to compromise your values in order to fit in? I can recall many opportunities in life where that's happened, but what I'll focus on today is very similar to your journey. Uh, when I first arrived to the U.S., I was a very, very, I was a child. I was so young, but growing up in America was very confusing, and my parents didn't speak the language. We were refugees. We were, uh, we had no money, and the community around us was very diverse. A lot of um, African-Americans, Hispanic, um, some Caucasian families, but very, very few Asians, mm -hmm. people who look like me. And I know that from a cultural standpoint, there were certain values, certain beliefs, certain ways of being that um, were definitely shared inside the household. But when I went to school and and around a community where I so wanted to fit in, like you said, I did compromise some of those beliefs and values and some of those traditions because um, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to serve me at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to get beat up. I didn't want to be ridiculed. In fact, many times I wanted to just be invisible, mm. but be invisible when you stuck out like a sore thumb. And so the best thing that I could do to cope as a young person was to either fit in or try to do my very best to just study real hard, not even give eye contact to my peers, sitting on the bus, being picked on. You just look down and you just didn't say anything. You don't want to cause problems. You don't want to cause issues. And so the values that my parents taught me, like stand up for yourself, but at the same time, they were also concerned. And I saw that they were kind of compromising on their values mm -hmm. because they didn't understand the rules and the law. So they're like, yeah, stand up for yourself, but do it in a way that doesn't get you in trouble because we don't know what the laws are here, what the system is here. So it wasn't just me that had to compromise some of those values or beliefs. It was also my parents had to as well in this new world, this new environment where we had no idea what um, would get us in trouble, what would keep us safe. We didn't feel security. Mm -hmm. We didn't feel safe. So I think most people compromise their values when they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. I'm curious to know, was there a turning point for you when it made sense to not follow the route of maybe exactly following everything that your parents were telling you sounds like? And because I'm, I'm assuming it ended up shaping your own reality as far as how you began to think about who you are in your life. So what was that turning point for you when it finally made sense to, okay, I don't want to follow X, Y, and Z because it's, it's putting me that much farther away from the person that I'm trying to become. Instead, I'm going to stay true. And as part of that, if that means that I'm getting picked on or whatever else that may be, I'm going to stand up for myself in a way that I feel comfortable in doing at that particular time? It's such an interesting question because when I look back, I think ugly. What happened was that the confidence that grew from within me mm -hmm. was what brought me back home to these values. So you study hard and you have people around you like your teachers, maybe not necessarily other kids because they were picking on me, but it's <laughs> 
partners or the mentors, the adults around me, even my parents. And I started to understand that they saw something in me. They saw a spark in me. They saw my drive and my determination. And I started to look at myself in the mirror and I started to say, why would you hide or why would you want to be invisible when there's so much inside of you that needs to speak, that needs to sing, that needs to soar? And I think just the awareness as I got older of what was so different and special about me um, shouldn't be something that I would should be ashamed of. So what makes me different was what was the thing that made me want to hide and made me want to try and fit in in any way that I knew how. But then what I also uncovered that what was special in me, what the fact that I was different could also be turned into a magnet, mm-hmm. could be something really unique and special. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I started to really understand that I am built differently and that's okay, um, I'm in a community where no one looks like me, but that's okay. That's what makes me different. And I started to really see myself that way. And then I think the environment around me started to change because my viewpoint started to change. Now I was making friends and I was getting straight A's. So now all the people who used to bully me wanted to be my friends because they wanted to cheat off my papers <laughs> or whatever it was. But that was, I think the turning point was really me not hiding away from who I am um, or being scared to be ridiculed, but just standing up taller and just saying, I can't change this. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is change my reaction to this reality, which is show up more confidently, right? Speak to more people, don't look down and, you know, and if I have something to say or if I don't feel like I need to be treated a certain way, I need to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that confidence changed everything. I love that point because what you just speak on is really just embracing your uniqueness and the person that you are. And I think I can definitely relate to that point. And one of the things that I've been curious about from your story is I think when you start off at that particular phase, it may seem like a lonely journey because at times you do feel like you're the only one until you begin to attract other people who are along similar paths and that are embracing their own unique abilities. So during a time, and I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but did you experience a time where you did feel like, not necessarily an an outsider, but someone who was living true to who you are, but being surrounded by other people who weren't? And if so, how do you continue to stay motivated and continue to inspire yourself that you are going to attract the right people. You know, you spoke about being a magnet, that over time you're going to meet at least one other person that's staying true to their values and their dreams and aspirations. What do you keep telling yourself? I'm not the only one who feels like an outsider. I think um, most people who are who are thinkers, who are philosophizers, <laughs> who are creatives. Um, most people who spend a lot of time daydreaming or, uh, or imagining a better world, um, they, they oftentimes feel like the outsiders. And because there's so many of us, I started to change that dialogue and say, no, there are more people like me Mm. that feel different because we're really not that different we just feel different Mm -hmm. and so if I started 
hanging out or finding people who feel kind of like the big geeks in the school or the nerds or the, you know, the, the people who just were eccentric, um, then there would be a lot more of us. And so I just started to use that, kind of shift that and say, okay, I want to hang out with all the people who feel like they're outsiders. Because if we're all hanging out together, none of us will feel alone. None of us will feel like outsiders anymore. We feel we found our community. We found a tribe. Mm -hmm. And that's why community building is so important to me. There's a whole bunch of um, immigrant refugees that still today in this modern day that feel like isolated and alone. There are a lot of folks in the foster care system that feel isolated and alone. There's a lot of people who are single moms or single dads that feel alone. But collectively, there's a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So we have to really create spaces where people who don't feel like they have anywhere else to go can come home mm-hmm. to some place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been all about pretty much my whole life is how do I create a sense of safety and security where when every and when everyone wants to to say hello to me like they, they feel like they're coming home to something mm-hmm. you're a perfect example of someone who's been able to use your experiences to build the type of environment and the type of tribe that you want I, I firmly believe that all of us have the ability to do so at any given time to build a group that we can feel comfortable and confident around. And so when I when I was reading your story and the experiences that you went through in different adversities and how every single one of those led you to develop this community called the SOAR Community Network, tell us a little, a little bit about how that was born, maybe some of the early memories of you wanting to create a space where you can be yourself and you can have other people be themselves around you? I think my earliest memory was on a school bus. This is the first time I actually talked about it. So you're bringing up something that's like really, really new in terms of my sharing. Um, There was another, so my sister and I went to school together. I I have three siblings, so there's four of us total, but my older sister and I went to school pretty much at the same time because we're two years apart. And I remember we were on a school bus, and there were two other brothers and sisters who were Asian. No other Asians, just the four of us really on this bus. And those two were being picked on, brutally picked on. Mm-hmm. And they were you know, not wanting to raise their voice. But then finally the sister had had it and she stood up and she started screaming, leave us alone, leave us alone. And at that, and at that moment in time, I remember thinking my sister and I need to get up and need to go stand with these people. So they don't feel like they're the only two on the bus. That's not, that's not, um, that's being picked on. And before we could get up, the bus driver pulled over and she basically broke this thing up. But I remember that very clearly, and I said, gosh, we need to speak up for those people who are minorities and who feel isolated. I get emotional thinking about it. Because if they don't feel like they have a community where somebody's got their back, they're going to walk around this whole life, this whole world, feeling like they're less than. Mm-hmm. No one is less than, right? So anyway, that was... That's emotional for me because I'm thinking, wow, maybe that's one of the memories of many that I just felt like, mm-hmm. got to help the underdogs. Mm-hmm. 
now. We've got to speak up for the people who um, are feeling alone in their fight. And that's why I do what I do. I couldn't agree with you more. I've recently watched a movie, and I shared this with a friend of mine. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. It's called Unbreakable with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yes. I have seen that movie, yes. And towards the end of the movie, Samuel L. Jackson shakes Bruce Willis's hand and he says you know what the scariest thing in this world is and Bruce Willis says no I don't tell me and he said it's not knowing who you are and I think the things that you are doing and all of us are doing as far as building a tribe those are all elements I believe in helping you discover who you are the answers are already within you I think it really does come down to allowing other people and inviting other people into your life to help you tap into those segments of yourself to really understand who am I at any one of the given times? Who am I during a time when I experience hardship? Who am I during a time when I experience joy? What do those even mean? How do I define joy? How do I define hardships? So I, I, I love your point of being able to stand up for other people, not necessarily to also protect them and give them a sense of comfort that there are others along the journey who are experiencing similar things, but also help them understand that at the end of the day, each one of us is unique. And we all need one another to tap into that uniqueness. And so the sense of community is, I think, is extremely important and being able to do that for every individual. You know, I also think I come from um, a philosophy that a culture where the philosophy is also very atomistic, uh, which basically means that every being is connected, everything is connected. So having giving your energy and giving voice to what the birds are singing about or talking to the trees and, you know, exchanging energy to the trees. And that's like that with also exchanging energy from human being to human being. Mm -hmm. It's being of this belief system that we're all connected. Um, you know, the billions of people walking on this planet are directly impacted by a single person's thought, energy, voice, actions, everything. We're all in this together, whether we claim it or not. Um, we're all impacting the earth. Mm -hmm. We're intentional about being good about it or just indifferent and not even being intentional about anything that we're doing to create positivity or negativity uh, to impact Mother Earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think what is most important about having conversations like this and building community is being be helping each other become more aware of different vantage points, aware of our contributions on a daily basis, and that that awareness also helps to raise this level of, of consciousness, mm -hmm. where all of us, all conscious beings, need to be intentional about why we exist, what we're doing here, what we're about. Mm -hmm. and if we don't, if we can't do that, if we can't get every soul to do that as best as possible, then it's going to be really hard for us to um, course correct humanity. Yeah, and I think it, it, you bring up a good point as far as impact 
it truly does start with one person. It's being able to touch, I think, one life, one life at a time, one day at a time, which is a, I had a conversation recently with a friend of mine and we were talking about impact. How do you define impact? I think there's a tendency for some of us to be able to say, well, impact is only when you are reaching thousands and thousands of people. But I've always questioned that and I said, why is not impact? Why is it not enough to know the person's name, age, and whatever else that you've impacted rather than knowing the possibility of possibly impacting thousands? You don't know if you've truly impacted them. But the fact that you know you change one person's life, even if it's a one-degree turn, then I think that's all that matters. It's so beautiful what you're saying because I feel the same way you do, Oleg. If we impact one person, it doesn't equate to that one person being impacted. It equates to thousands of people mm-hmm. because in a span of one's lifetime, right, on average, one person's lifetime, the thousands of people they interact with are shifted and impacted by their actions because of our impact, our exchange. We might have taught one lesson that they carry with them their whole lives, that they operate off of, mm-hmm. and they may not have even remembered that, that got, they got that lesson from us, right? So that one person um, being exposed to thousands of people over a lifetime has shifted, has created some ripple effect, has exchanged some level of vibration to thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So think about the hundreds of people that are in our community, right? Whether they follow us online or however many people you're gonna interview, however many um, people your organization will touch, multiply that by thousands. You're gonna have the impact anyway, but we're not trying to count how many lives that you've impacted because you wanna check it off the list. You do one person at a time. Right. And one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. And just trust that it's gonna be a huge, ripple effect. And if you really care about creating an incredible legacy when you're no longer here, then you're just mindful every day that you want to do one piece of good thing a day. That's enough. Mm-hmm. I love that point because I literally had the same exact thought. And the question that I had to myself was, how many people do I think on a throughout a lifetime that we have interactions with? And for me, it it posed an interesting point because when you think about, let's say, booking speaking engagements, I think one of the first questions, and I literally just had this conversation half an hour ago with another friend of mine, and we're making a point that instead of focusing on booking speaking engagements that are going to put you in front of thousands of people, focus on just the message. And what you're trying to deliver because if if the intention is to put yourself in front of thousands of people at, at a given time it's in a way i think um it doesn't really align or help an individual understand the impact they're having because it's almost trying to it, it's trying to create an opportunity where one person's impact over a lifetime can be met during a single event. And so how do, how would it make that individual feel? 
So I think it's it's important to be able to always help others elevate and help them understand that you are having an impact regardless of the number of people that you are sharing your story or your message in front of. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you don't, you don't know a person's potential. You don't know a person's potential. You don't know where they're going to end up in life. You don't know what paths they're going to choose. You don't know um, what tools they'll reach back for in their memory chip, right? Mm-hmm. So go through some difficult times. It could be, it could be one phrase you said on stage or it could be one episode mm-hmm. of the podcast that they they save on their playlist because it just impacted them so much um it could save a person's life when you look at them on the subway and just smile mm-hmm. you know that day they might have been on their way to do something horrible because they were just lonely and scared and you looked up and caught their eyes and you smiled and you gave them hope and there was no exchange of words Mm-hmm. So I think the most important thing for all of us in terms of really elevating our values and our level of awareness of our own existence is to be mindful, mm-hmm. to be conscientious of the fact that we're existing for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Always clearly define what that purpose in any given moment in time, but the trust, the divine trust that you have a purpose, that is enough to carry you through your day your days through your months through your years if you can get up every morning even if you're not clearly able to define exactly what that purpose is right now Mm -hmm. but just trust that you have one then it does make a huge difference on how you show up in the world Mm -hmm. and i think in regard to purpose what's also important to note is that like you said it is okay to maybe not have a defined purpose because for some of us, I think the purpose could be just going after purpose because mm-hmm. it's through that seeking of something. There's so many skills that get developed that other people can learn from. Persistence, determination, the drive to go through adversity and different pain points and obstacles to just being able to reach that. I think those are all important skills that people can can learn from and see themselves through. And I think also purpose it gets so big sometimes and because we do a lot of our work around mapping your purpose mapping your vision and mission um it's a big task people get scared to go on this journey they they're afraid that it won't work they're afraid that they they invest all this time and energy and they still don't know what they want or why they exist or what they're what they're even here for and the simplest way for me to remind people as they're going on the journey is be on the journey be love Mm -hmm. be in overflow be grateful um that is all a part of purposeful living you know you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have a map of your destination because even if i mapped myself and i know what my purpose is today life will throw a curveball at me something will happen it's happened many times as you uh refer to my story of multiple tragedies in my life once I got back on that horse and I was like, yes, I know my path now. I'm going in this direction. Another big wave from the ocean will knock me and the horse off. And it's like, oh, gosh, I have to start all over again. So the, the most important thing is to just know that if you're still alive, if you're still work, um, walking on this earth, there is work for you to do. Find your gifts and your talents and utilize them. 
You know, you don't have to walk around saying, this is my purpose. I know it like I know it like I know it. But you can walk around saying, you know what? I exist and therefore I have purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what that purpose is every day through my actions and through my decisions of being this certain type of person today. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful way to live. You know, sometimes when you spend so much time seeking and you don't have exactly the right answer, don't feel it. You also waste time seeking for something that may not necessarily exist mm-hmm. and you miss living. You miss living. Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of have to come back to center around there. Somewhere in the middle is where you kind of find truth. It's like, yes, we're, we're seeking souls. We have this desire to seek knowledge and experience and grow. But in the advancement of this place we need to get to, we're always forward thinking and we're always looking outside when we forget to be right here. Mm-hmm. Right in mm-hmm. I think life passes us by if we don't pause in the interim of our searches and just say, wow, I'm so grateful for this day. Wow, I'm grateful to have this conversation with Oleg. I can't believe I have this incredible home that I live in. I can't believe that I can get up in the morning and drink clean water. Mm-hmm. Moments, uh, those purposeful moments, collectively add up for a purposeful life. You mm-hmm. know, so it's a it's a complex topic, um, and you don't have to put a stamp on it right now and say, "Yeah, this is my purpose." Mm-hmm. I think that's very an important message to share with people because so many people get depressed and sad and even isolated when everyone around them says, I know my purpose. And you're mm-hmm. looking and saying, I don't know what mine is yet. What's mm-hmm. wrong with me? And I don't think you need to know the how, just like you mentioned. I think you just need to know the importance of a start. It's the only way you're going to figure it out is you, we all start somewhere along this journey. And it's just taking the first step. And even if you don't see the step beyond that, that's okay. Just know that it's part of the journey and you're going to be there in the now, embracing the person that you're becoming and the things that are developing, the multiple selves that are getting changed and worked on every single day throughout that process. So as part of what you just shared, I think this is a perfect transition into final thought for today's episode and this is a question that I ask all of our guests that come onto the show and that is who or what are you grateful for today wow it's beautiful I have to say I'm grateful for today in this moment in time the person that pops up in my mind is my husband I'm grateful to Victor because he taught me how to truly love somebody Mm -hmm. Um, and also that my dreams are not out of reach Mm. crazy big massive save the world dream Um, someone believes in it besides me and my imagination and he taught me that you can dream as big as you want to you just have to also place steps, tactics, mm-hmm. processes to, to reach it versus just keeping it in that dream state. That's um, beautiful. I'm grateful 
I'm grateful for him because he's he's wired differently than I am and it helps me to have a broader perspective on making my dreams a reality. Mm-hmm. Molly, how do people find you and what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? Uh, they can find me by going to SOAR, S-O-A-R, communitynetwork.com. They can also Google my name, Mali Ponpadit, and they'll find me. And um, we have quite a few things uh, going on. We have our summit coming up on October 3rd, and we'd love to discuss with you the future of leadership. It's right here outside of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And learn more, again, by going to SOARcommunitynetwork.com. So I really appreciate you, Oleg, and please... Uh, check out our Nebula Resource Hub as well. Global leaders coming together to share insights. Please join us. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and everything about your community and what you're doing. I've certainly been impressed by your journey and the steps that you took and the steps that you continue to take every single day. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you and I love what you're doing. Keep doing it, please. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest episodes and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Also, consider leaving us a review. If you liked any of the episodes, we would love to hear back from you regarding how well we're doing and any of the future guests that you would like to hear from on our show. Once again, thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.